Hey there guys, welcome back to a brand new episode of the Zeke Said So Show. This is the one and only show where we talk about all things movie news, video games, comic books, television, and all that sorts of good stuff. I'm just going to move this mic up a little bit. There we go. There we go. Hopefully you guys can hear me alright. Uh, yeah, so uh, we're back. We're back after a week of uh, disappearance. Um, I... Let me let me give my let me give my explanation um right now before we before we move on and uh talk about everything we want to talk about today. Um there's a lot of reasons why uh this past week we took a little break. Um obviously as you guys know there is no uh, new episode of Throwback Thursday this week. Um uh tried I tried uh, I even watched I watched uh the movie I was going to review this week. And I had my notes when I was going to record, but I just never found time for it. Um, there's a lot of different things going on. Number one, I, um, like I've mentioned, I have a, a job outside of this that, uh, you know, takes up uh, a large chunk of my time now. So, um, so I have to put a lot of focus and attention into, into that. Um, but also, uh, it's been, uh, it's been a kind of, uh, I'll, I'll, I feel comfortable saying this. It's been a rough, rough week. Uh, um, I've been given permission to, to say this publicly. Um, one of my best friends, uh, ha- uh, had passed away last, last week. Um, it really sucks. <laughs> um, very much sucks. Um, and so I, uh, so I've been dealing with that and just some other things came up and it's just, it, it wasn't going to happen. Uh, it just wasn't going to happen. Um, so that was, that, that's why that we took a little bit of a break. Um, but I'm telling you what, uh, I, gosh, I, I missed, I, I missed, the. Uh, Sitting in front of this microphone and uh, and doing exactly what I um what I love to do, which is talk about movies, move uh, movie news, video games, comic books, television, and all that sorts of good stuff. Um, so uh, with all that said, um, let's go ahead and get into uh, what we want to talk about today. I'm gonna open up my beverage here. Um, once again, uh, this, uh, podcast is not sponsored, uh, by Sparkling Ice because for some reason, Sparkling Ice just doesn't want to sponsor this, uh, this, this podcast. So, so there that goes, I guess. All right. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about, um, let's go ahead and talk about the, uh, movie news segment. This is the one and only part of the show where we talk about all things. Where we break down three movie news topics. Now, the first topic, I will be honest with you, is not movie news related. <laughs> it's not movie news related at all. But it is uh, pretty big news. Um, we knew a while ago, it was announced a while ago that we were getting a, uh, a Powerpuff Girls live action uh, series on the CW. Um, and it was going to focus on uh, the the the... The three main characters, as they are grow a little bit more grown up, 
Um, well, now we officially have our cast for um, for the Powerpuff Girls. Now, let me bring up um, so let me bring up some stuff here. Um, now one of the now let me go ahead and break down the uh the casting here because I do have I do have uh the, the actors listed here. Uh we have uh Chloe Bennett uh from Agents of Shield uh will be uh will be in in the series. Uh Dove Cameron and Yana Peralt. Gosh, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Um uh, let me see who's playing who because um wow trying to figure this okay uh oh computer you piece of crap um okay alright uh so I got the got the deadline article opened up here. Um, sorry guys, this uh this computer is taking a really long time. Plus I'm I'm looking at like three. Di I'm looking at three different screens. I'm looking at my uh my little notes here on my on my tablet. Then I'm looking at my computer. Now I'm looking at you know. Because uh, I use my phone to uh, record the show uh, through Anchor Podcast, through the Anchor uh, Podcasting app. So, um, let's see. Uh, okay, so Chloe Bennett, uh, uh, Chloe Bennett will will play uh, Blossom. Uh, uh, Dove Cameron will play Bubbles, and uh, Yana Yana Pearl will play uh, Buttercup. So uh, we have those three uh, in the movie, uh, not in the movie, in the series. Uh, they did also confirm that um, that the twenty twenty one that the the pilots and. Uh, and series have been, uh, oh wait, oh, that's the wrong thing, I'm looking at the wrong thing, never mind, <laughs> um, so yeah, we, what do I think of this, um, I, I, I like it, I mean, I'm, I'm not, like, anticipating, uh, Power Pro Girls is not really something that I am incredibly into, um, you know, I, 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 I think I think it's a very uh, good show. Um, I, I think it's a very nice little cartoon. I just don't, you know, I, uh, I don't know. The to me, I, um, I've never uh, been too um, enormously excited about seeing it in live action because uh, I think it's a show that just works better um, as animation. Um, but look, I I've seen Chloe Bennett on Agents of Shield. She was very good. I thought she was honestly, um, I thought her, 
uh, Clark Gregg and um, shoot, she's in Mandalorian, and she's Mulan. What? Why can't I? Ming not win. There we go. Um, and Ming, her Clark Gregg, Clark Gregg, and Ming not win were the three most consistent characters on that entire show. Um, uh, let's see. And uh, I actually have not seen a single thing from Yana Peralt. I think this is going to end up being the first thing I see from her. Uh, Dove Cameron, I, uh, I, I, I know she's mostly known for Disney Channel stuff. Um, it says here she's from that Descendants garbage, so, I, I don't know, but, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm looking, I'm, I'm, I'll watch it, I'll give it a chance, just because, I mean, I watched episodes of the Powerpuff Girls, um, like, when it was on, I think it was on Boomerang, uh, at the time that I, that I watched, like, one episode, um, but I don't, I don't find myself being too enormously excited for this. I know there are, I know it has its fans out there, and I know there are probably people out there who are really anticipating it, who are like just dying with anticipation for a live action Powerpuff Girls uh, series. So, I mean, we'll see how it turns out. Uh, it's being uh, produced by uh, Greg Berlanti, who does all the, uh, who does the other. Um, I believe, actually, is it being produced by Greg Berlanti? Uh, so it's being written by Diablo Cody and Heather, uh, Regner. Okay. And, uh, will be directed by, oh, it's, 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 it's the pilot. Never mind. That, they're talking about the pilot, uh, who's writing and directing the pilot. Uh, let's see. Uh, it's being produced by Greg Berlanti's, um, uh, company, uh, Berlanti Productions and Vita Ver Vera Films, uh, with Warner Brothers Television, you know, um, so, yeah, I, um, so yeah, Greg Berlanti is, is a, among one of those to, uh, to produce the, to produce the show, so, um Oh, that's right. That's where I've seen her from. Never mind. Um uh Dove Cameron was on that uh one show, you know, uh that one Disney Channel show uh Live and Maddie. So, I that's where I've seen her from. Um that yeah, that's where I've seen her. Uh But yeah, I um I don't know. I for me uh you know, this is something that may be exciting for other people, but for me, I don't know. It's just not something that uh that superly terribly excites me. Um, but good on them for getting a, a cast involved. So, all right, let's jump to the next movie news topic, and that is this. The next topic we have is um, Disney CEO Bob Chapek was in a shareholders meeting and announced. That Disney Plus has reached a hundred million subscribers in just one year and like five months, they were able to reach a hundred million subscribers. That, as they say in the business, is effing amazing. 
That is really effing amazing. Um, and when you also consider that Disney Plus did it without really putting a lot of original content. I mean, now they're producing original content like that. They're going to be putting out. I mean, they just had a, a WandaVision just wrapped up its season, which, by the way, for those of you who are about to wonder what my thoughts are, I'm going to review WandaVision as a whole on the Web Stringers podcast. So, so, so don't ask me about WandaVision because I'm going to review it in detail on next episode. Uh, but, uh, they, they just had WandaVision wrap up. Um, uh, they're putting out a docuseries, uh, based on WandaVision. Um, and I believe they're, if I'm not mistaken, I also think they are, um, well, they got their Star Wars series planned out. They have, um, uh, the next season of Mandalorian. They have, uh, the book of Boba Fett, which is coming out this December, which I cannot wait. Um, and the Bad Batch is going to be premiering in, uh, in May. So they got a lot of stuff coming, uh, down the pipeline. It's going to be uh, very interesting to see how it all kind of turns out. Um, but they all in that meeting, they all Bob Chapek also announced that they are that they are going to up their game and upload 100 titles per year. One, they are going to uh, release 100 titles per year on Disney Plus. Uh, this, of course, goes to the thing we've been talking about forever, which is Disney's number one focus now is on Disney Plus. Um, their number one priority is making content for Disney plus, which makes sense because they want to be ahead of the, ahead of the streaming game, which for me, I think they, so far, so far, I think they are winning, uh, the streaming, like we are head, we are like knee deep into the streaming wars. And I think Disney plus is the best of the is, is becoming the best in the game right now. I think they are overcoming Netflix because, first of all, the amount of content that they put out, um, they they just had Hamilton, which um, was nominated for a Golden Globe, um, and then they they had uh, they had Mandalorian seasons one and two, um, and they had the final season of Clone Wars, which was great, um, WandaVision, which was spectacular. Um, and I, I gotta say some of their original movies haven't been that bad. I mean, I really liked Lady and the Tramp. I know a lot of people didn't, but I really liked their live action Lady and the Tramp remake. And yeah, I will say some of their, some of their other stuff has been pretty terrible. Like Noel was awful. Oh my gosh. That was Ooh, that was a nightmare. Um, um, I don't think I even finished it. I think I watched like 10 minutes and was like, that's enough. <laughs> um, now, let's be honest. Out of the 100 titles that they're going to put out in a year, maybe 10 of them are going to be good. The other 90 of them are going to be total garbage. Because this includes not just the Marvel and Star Wars stuff, but this includes Disney Animation, this includes Pixar, and this includes um, uh, 
National Geographic. And let's face it, some of the content is going to be garbage. Oh, because Disney Plus has put out garbage, just like Netflix has put out garbage, just like Hulu's put out garbage. You know, same with every every streaming service puts out garbage. We're going to talk about we're, we're going to talk about coming to America too. On uh, uh, you know, a- Amazon just put out coming to America too. So every studio puts out garbage. Um, spoiler alert for my review to coming to America uh, too. Um, uh, but yeah, I'm not saying every single title is going to be amazing. It's not going every title isn't going to be great. But it's I think. Disney is now it has their focus set in stone. This just proves that they have their focus on the streaming services, um, and that is uh, that that that's exciting. It is very very exciting. So, um, okay, uh, let's go ahead and um, uh, let's go ahead and talk about the third movie news topic. Uh, oh wait, actually, I should mention one more thing about this uh, about this uh, Disney Plus announces 100 titles per year. One of the things they also mentioned in that shareholders meeting was um, uh, Bob Chapek says that Kathleen Kennedy isn't going anywhere. Um, it was confirmed by Bob Chapek that Kathleen Kennedy's job at Lucasfilm is secure. Her job as the president of Lucasfilms is secure. Um, probably until the day she decides to retire. Um, now, I know a lot of you are, are saying, why would they do that? Why would they do It actually makes a lot of sense. Hear me out. Do I think everything Kathleen Kennedy has done has been good? No. I think she has really messed it up. I think she I think she is the ultimate reason why the sequel trilogy failed to be a great trilogy. Even though I love The Last Jedi and I really like Force Awakens, she failed to create three movies that act as one cohesive story. I've always said the sequel trilogy, if each movie was a standalone movie, then they would be fine. If each movie was a standalone movie that that didn't rely on the other movies then they're fine. But because they're part of the saga, that's why they they are so much hated. Um, and I feel like she's to blame for that. But take a look at it from the money perspective. Force Awakens, a billion dollars. Rogue One, a billion dollars. Star Wars The Last Jedi, a billion dollars. Um, Solo was really the only one that didn't make a billion dollars. And then you had um, Last Jedi, which made, once again, a billion dollars. And then, let's keep in mind, she put a, she is the reason why we got Mandalorian. She's the reason why we got, uh, why we're getting Obi-Wan, uh, Boba Fett, um, uh, the acolyte, she's the reason why we're getting all these shows that we're so excited about. So I think fans just need to sit back and, and just calm down. Yes, she messed up with the sequel trilogy, but guess what? Everybody has a bad day at the office. Steven Spielberg has had bad days, has had really bad movies. 
every filmmaker has done has made stupid stuff. Steven Spielberg made the terminal, so uh, there's that. And the BFG. You know? So um so every every filmmaker has a bad day at the office, you know. And the sequel trilogy was Kathleen Kennedy's bad day at the office. However, I think Disney's looking at, oh, whatever she's doing out there, she's making us a billion dollars. So let's just keep doing it. Let's just keep doing what we're doing. And she's she gave and Mandalorian season two was one of the most talked about things uh, of last year. So let's just keep her in there. So that is what it is. Um, all right, now let's move on to the final movie news topic, and that is this. We knew about it for a while. We heard it was happening, and we heard reports that Michael B. Jordan was in talks to direct Creed three. But now we can say it is official. It is confirmed. Michael B. Jordan is confirmed to direct Creed three, um, and also Creed three has a release. A release date, and it will be released in November uh, during the Thanksgiving uh, weekend of 2022. Now, this makes a lot of sense. Uh, Creed 1 and 2 were released around the Thanksgiving holiday season, um, and so was, and, and so it makes sense for Creed 3 to be released around that time. Um, they also said that the script uh, is based on an outline written by, uh, by um, uh, Ryan Coogler. So, we know Ryan Cooker has some involvement. Um, I don't know how much involvement he's going to have because he's going to be busy uh, working on Black Panther two. Um. So so let's so let's talk about this. Um, I am excited. I'm very excited for this. Creed one, I think, has just for me the first Creed movie was one of the biggest surprises of uh, of. 2015 I believe that came out yeah 2015 because I remember Force Awakens coming out after that Creed was one of the biggest surprise because I look I like Rockies 1 through 4 Rocky 1 awesome Rocky 2 great Rocky 3 pretty fun I love Rocky 4 I don't even care I love Rocky 4 um but I did not like Rocky Five. I thought Rocky Rocky Balboa was meh. Um, and so when Creed was coming out, I was really freaking really freaking worried. I was really freaking worried. And then I watched Creed, and I was like, "Oh, that that was pretty good. That that wasn't so bad. That was pretty awesome." Um. And I thought Ryan Coogler just did a fantastic job directing that movie, um, and I was so excited to see Creed uh, to see Creed two, um, just because it it had a new director. Um, the it was a tr- it, the the treatment for Creed two was written by uh, Sylvester Stallone, so I was very intri- intrigued to see how they were going to handle it. Uh, and then Stephen Capel Jr., who's the director of that film, came in and just made the just made it feel completely new and made it feel 
made it feel so different from that first one, which I appreciate. I didn't want Creed uh, 2 to be the exact same movie as the first one, and I didn't want it to be the exact same movie. I didn't want it to be as cheesy as, like, Rocky Four. But they did a really good job of making it feel a little bit more dramatic than Creed, than the first one. Even though, yes, I still think the first one is better than the second one, um, I still really love that second movie. Uh, I was just watching it the other day, so I love that movie. So, for me, it makes sense for... Um, okay. Uh, so, for me, um, it makes sense for... Uh, for Michael B. for for them to uh, to do this, and for Michael B. Jordan, it, this has got to be one big. This is this is has to be the opportunity of a lifetime. You're getting the opportunity to direct a franchise. You have had the opportunity to basically study under Ryan Coogler and study under Stephen Cable Jr. I, I think he's going to do a phenomenal job. I really do. I think he's going to do a really phenomenal job, and I can't wait to see what he's going to do with Creed 3. Um, I wonder what the story will be. Um, if I had to guess my story, the, the story for Creed 3, I think, because um, there's no word yet on if Sylvester Stallone is coming back as Rocky. For me, I think... Rocky is going to uh, pass on. I think he's going to... I think they're going to do a little bit of um, of Cobra Kai where, you know, Mr. Miyagi is gone and Daniel has to learn how to try to live up to uh, to Miyagi. Uh, I feel like they're going to do a similar thing with uh, Creed, except instead of him trying to live up, Adonis has to learn how to move on and be a great fighter without Rocky. He's going to have to learn just to move on without without Rocky, which, hey, you know what? I think would be a pretty cool – I think that would be a pretty cool uh, story. So um, I don't know. Uh, but, no, can't wait for Creed 3, and uh, let's hope it's it's as great as those, two, as those first two movies. All right, guys. Now let's uh, let's get into the review. We got three movies to review, um, and we're gonna review t- f- the first two. We're gonna review are bad reviews, so I'm gonna get those two out of the way. Let's talk about the first one. Um, everybody has given their thoughts on Tom and Jerry, and I decided I was gonna suck it up and I was gonna watch it. Um, so I watched it. Uh, I went to. Uh, I, I, I saw it and, uh, I'm going to tell you what guys, um, I thought this was one of the best movies of the year. Um, it's a masterpiece. Um, it's so, no, I'm kidding. It's awful. Tom and Jerry is a big heaping pile of shit. Um, I was watching this movie and I just kept thinking to myself, what kind of humor is this? Like, I'm not a huge fan of the original Tom and Jerry show. I'm just not a huge fan of Tom and Jerry. And so I understand that the humor in Tom and Jerry, like, I've never understood how you could make a movie out of Tom and Jerry when literally all it is is basically a cat and a mouse beat the crap out of each other. A cat and a mouse are beating the crap out of each other. That's all Tom and Jerry is. 
How do you make a full hour and a half movie? Well, here's how they did it. They decided to take Tom and Jerry, put them down, put, they did the same thing that they did with the, uh, the Smurfs movie and the Alvin and the Chipmunks movie. They decided to, um, bring them into our modern day. And they decided to, to, uh, uh, to put in all these, all these references, these pop cultural references. And just, it, it just felt like every single, like for me, that's what I was afraid that Sonic the Hedgehog was going to be. That was my biggest fear going into Sonic the Hedgehog. If Sonic the Hedgehog can do it right, why can't this do it right? Like, honestly, I don't understand how these movies, based on these very great like cartoons, how they could end up being as bad as they are. Like, freaking, you had um the... You had uh, uh, Alvin and the Chipmunks, and I'll, and I'll be honest, I'm not going to lie, I think those first two Alvin and the Chipmunks movies are pretty cute. Do I love them? No. But I think they're, pre- I think they're cute. I think they're, they're, they're a lot of, they're, I think both of them are actually pretty cute and pretty fun to watch. Um, as like background noise, you like put them on for background noise and then take a glance at it every once in a while and stuff like that. Um, the Smurfs movies are just awful. They are just real. They're really bad. Um, those first two Smurfs movies are really bad. Tom and Jerry is like, what would happen if you took a cartoon that literally every episode is like 10 minutes long, stretched it out to one to one hour added boring ass human characters and a boring ass sub subplot and then just called the movie Tom and Jerry and that's that's your movie like that's your movie the the two characters that you came to see this movie for are not even in the movie that much they don't even get as much screen time as as Chloe Grace Moretz or Michael Peña or any of them and by the way, I like Michael Pena. I really do. But in this movie, he was just awful. So I hated this movie. Um, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to give Tom and Jerry a 2 out of 10. Now, the next movie I'm going to review is the longly awaited, anticipated sequel, Coming to America. Or otherwise known as Coming to America 2. Now... Before you before you say anything, let me just get this out of the way. I actually really love that first Coming to America movie. I think it is hilarious. It is one of my all-time favorite comedies. That first movie with Eddie Murphy is one of my favorite comedies ever. This movie is everything wrong with modern day comedies this to me is reminds me a lot of um dumb and dumber uh a dumb and number two i should say it's a sequel that you've waited forever for and then all of a sudden you watch it 
like it, it finally comes out and you watch it and then you're just like, huh, this sucks. And again, I was really looking forward to coming to America too. And I just, I watched this going, what is this? This isn't the movie I signed up to watch. Now, I will say, Eddie Murphy is pretty good in the movie. Eddie Murphy's good in the movie. But the movie itself, it just feels very... It just has a very uh, average plot. The humor falls flat a majority of the time. The humor just falls way flatter than than that than that first movie. Um, and to me, it just doesn't have any of the fun, any of the um, the life, or any of the or the energy of that first movie. And it just feels like everything wrong with modern day comedies. That's just uh that's just how I feel about it. Um and uh yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna give Coming to America 2 a two out of ten. So there's that. Alright, now let's talk about a great movie. Let's talk about a movie that I watched at the drive in and I was so excited for it. I finally saw Raya and the Last Dragon. Disney's Raya and the Last Dragon. Um, let me say this. Ever since since the pandemic started, I've been going to the drive-in. All right. I saw New Mutants at the drive-in. I saw Tenet. I saw Wonder Woman 1984. Uh, let's see. What else did I watch? Uh, I, I saw Tom and Jerry there. I think. No, Tom and Jerry I watched at home. Um, I watched uh I think that might have been it. If I think of anything else, I'll 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 probably say it. But I watched a lot of movies at the drive in and I didn't think any of them were that good. Oh, the little things. I'm sorry, the the little things I also watched. And every movie I came out of since then, I've been like this either this sucks or eh, it was all right, I guess. I have never walked out of a of a movie since the pandemic. I've never walked out of a theater since the pandemic going or driven out of a theater going that was fucking amazing. Until Raya and the Last Dragon. This movie to me is perfection. I I don't have a single issue with this movie. I I was just watching it going, "Oh my gosh, this is awesome. This is just amazing." The and 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 it's weird cuz Disney Animation for me hasn't done a great movie since Moana. Okay? They had R- Ralph Breaks the Internet and then Frozen 2, which I both thought were terrible. Uh R- Ralph Breaks the Internet and Frozen 2 I thought were just bad movies. Then Ryan and the Last Dragon came out. And I was just like, oh my gosh. This is the Disney that I love. 
the Disney that that doesn't do the same boring crap that doesn't do the that doesn't do these convoluted stories. They did something different. They did something new. They did something original. This for me had um had Lord of the Rings vibes. Um, the opening of this movie felt like felt like a little bit of Indiana Jones meets the Brendan Fraser mummy movies because it's like. I won't get into a specifics, but there's there's something involving like a a dark tomb almost like it it just it has that feeling. Um, the world itself feels like a a Lord of the Rings esque universe, um, except a little bit uh except with uh, uh except uh very very epic. Um, the dragons in this movie are very cool. Um, I love uh, the I love the look of each of the. I will say, um, Aquafina as the voice of the main dragon, uh, as the voice of uh, Sifu, uh, is that how is that what her name is? Sisu, Sifu. I don't know. Um, th- I thought she was awesome. She was so funny. I have. I'm gonna. You know, I'm gonna be honest. I'm not the biggest fan of Aquafina. I'm not the biggest fan of her humor. I thought she was really great in the fair in the farewell, um, and I thought she was funny in in uh, Jumanji. I thought she was pretty funny in Jumanji, but I thought she was hysterical in this, as the the voice of this dragon. And she was so fun. She was so like I just I was watching this. I was wa- I was watching, it and every time she spoke, I just I was laughing at everything she said. It very much felt like uh uh not. Not as extreme, but it felt very much like the genie from Aladdin. Except, you know, the genie from Aladdin was very much more, more, uh, you know, extravagant than uh, than this dragon was. Um, and uh, I gotta say, Kelly Marie Tran as the voice of Raya was fantastic. Um. Now there have there were some behind the scenes drama with this movie. There was an there was a different director involved, and then there was a different voice actress involved. There was a lot of drama with this movie, but I think with all the problems this movie had behind the scenes, I thought it worked out so well because we've we hear those stories when it comes to Disney movies. We hear these stories of of behind the scenes problems, and then the movies end up either being f- fine or really bad and in the case of home on the range it turns out to be pretty bad but um this had behind the scenes issues and for it to turn out as great as it did this to me feels like the emperor's new groove like like the emperor's new groove had all these issues all these problems behind the scenes and it came out and it was, and it's a great movie. Like if you haven't seen The Emperor's New Groove, definitely check it out. It's actually one of my all-time favorite Disney movies. This movie went through a lot of problems, and somehow they were able to pull out an amazing movie. Um, so for me, uh, Ryan and the Last Dragon, this movie, I, and I gotta say, the animation is beautiful. The animation is so beautiful. Um, I think the side characters are also pretty amazing. Um, uh, I love the side characters. They're so, so funny. Uh, some of them are funny, but some of them are actually pretty, uh, uh, actually 
pretty badass. <laughs> um, I love I love them all. Um, so, um, yeah, I I love this movie, guys. I thought it was so great. I thought it was. I don't have a single issue with this movie, which means I'm gonna give Raya and the Last Dragon a ten out of ten. Um, but that will do it uh, for the first half. Uh, we're going to go ahead and take the uh, most anticipated Zeke Said So commercial break. So sit back, relax, and the Zeke Said So show will be right back. What is up, guys? It is me, Zeke the Geek here, and I am the host of the best podcast on you on the internet called the Zeke Said So Show. If you are a fan of the Zeke Said So YouTube channel, then go to the Zeke Said So Show where we talk about movies, video games, comic books, uh, you know, anything, anything and everything. We talk, we talk about it. I'm joined by uh, some guests, including the including Robert the Ghost Rider Martinez and that one kid or. Whoever want, whoever else wants to be on my podcast, they are welcome to join. I am joined by one guest, or sometimes it will just be me by myself. And you and you guys get to join us as I take your questions after I talk about three movie news topics. We're talking about all things nerd stuff, nerd related and geek related. So if you are a fan of movies, television, video games, comic books, and much, much more. Go, go start listening to the Zeke Said So Show on Anchor, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. that is where it can be found. Zeke Said So Show, Anchor Podcast, go check it out. Throwback Thursday is better than ever. If you go to the podcast feed on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast, you can go support Throwback Thursday. Starting on January 9th, you will get more Throwback Thursdays starting with my review for Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, and we're going to be reviewing all types of movies, whether they came out in in the 20s, or whether they came out last year, whether they came out the year before that, whenever they came out before now, we are going to review those movies for you guys, so if you're interested, go check out the Throwback Thursday on the podcast feed, on the Zeke Said So podcast feed, go check it out, and let's go back to, well... The past. Alright guys, welcome back to the Zeke Said So Show. Uh, we are going to get into your guys' uh, Q&A questions. Um, for those of you who uh, don't know or who are new or you just want to be reminded, uh, how do you send in a Q&A question? It's uh, very, very simple. You just send them in through Twitter, Instagram, or the YouTube comment section, and I will definitely um, make sure you uh, they get answered right here on the show. And also, I'm going to do something a little bit new. If you go and support the podcast, go to the link below and go to the uh, link in the description. You'll find a link that says support this podcast. Click on that, support the podcast, and I will not only answer your question if you have one, but I will also give you a really big shout out as my appreciation for you supporting this podcast um and uh yeah so let's go ahead and let's get right into your guys's q a questions uh there's a lot of them here so uh let's not waste any time and let's uh let's get right into it uh so let me turn up the brightness real quick on my tablet here all right so the first one is uh favorite and least favorite 
uh, character from Avatar The Last Airbender. Well, favorite character, I gotta go with um, uh, Zuko. I gotta go with Zuko. Uh, favorite character from Avatar The Last Airbender, I have to go with Zuko. Um, least favorite character, I don't know. I don't think there is a character that I really hate. Like, if I had to pick one that I... Th- Gosh, that's hard because I love every single character in the show. Even characters like Pipsqueak and the Duke or, you know, the Boulder. Um, I love them all. <laughs> um, if I had to pick one, I would probably go with... Uh, yeah, I don't have one. Sorry, I, I can't pick one. Um, all right. Uh, thoughts on the Golden Globes this year? Um... I thought it was, eh, I thought it was a, now, I don't blame them, because, look, it was pretty hard to do a normal award show this year, because they're not doing, there's no way we're getting normal awards, I mean, hopefully we get a normal uh, Academy Awards this year. Um, and with, you know, things opening up in California, it looks like they might have a small, uh, they might be able to have just a small audience, not like their big giant audience that they usually have. Um, but the Golden Globes this year, I thought was, I, I did like the fact, that I this is what I liked, here's what I liked about it. I really liked what they did as far as the live audience. Instead of having celebrities um there to to sit in to sit in the audience i love that they actually brought in um uh essential workers you know like uh uh, i think they've brought in like first responders to sit in the live audience or something um that was pretty cool and and the way they did it was pretty clever where they had uh tina fey filming in la and they had tina fey doing her stuff in la and then they had uh amy poehler doing her stuff in uh, new york um, um, but honestly, the show itself was just so, it was so boring. Like it just felt so, so boring. Um, and that's usually, you know, when it comes to the Golden Globes, they usually put on the, sh- they put on a show, you know, they do it right. You know, um, they do it. Honestly, I, th- I think they do it better than the Oscars. You know, because uh, the Oscars are usually the ones that produce the boring shows. Um, but uh, the Golden Globes, are, it's very its very entertaining. Uh, every every year, usually the Golden Globes is very entertaining. Um, but this year, just it, was, it just felt boring. Um, also, and this is just a side thing. I normally don't talk about stuff like this on the Zeke Sensor Show, but I just have to say it since we're here. Um I personally, and this is just my opinion, um, you you don't have to agree with this if you don't want to, um, but I'm going to say it. These award shows, they got to stop getting political. They just got to stop because, you know, um, one of the things uh, I talked about with um, uh, one of the producers of this show, um, Mikey, if you're listening to this, I love you, man. Um, uh, one of the things I talked to him, I talked to my, I talked to uh, my friend about was um, 
was that the reason why these award shows keep dropping as far as ratings go is because uh, they are they're getting way too political. Um, they honestly here here's the problem with it is that, and I'm not. I'm not picking a side because honestly, when it comes to politics, I don't have a freaking side. I don't care, honestly. I've never cared about politics, and I just I just don't care about politics. I don't. Um, <laughs> but you know, they tend to the the people who are at the Oscars tend to pick a side, and there's a side that. There are some audience members who don't agree with that side. I'm not saying I I'm not saying I disagree with it, and I'm not saying like like example. Here's a, here's a perfect example. Let's say uh, let's say if someone goes up there and spews something about a certain political figure. You're going to get half the audience that hates you, and then the other half is going to be like, yay, you spoke the truth. But there's going to be a majority of people who are like, well, I don't want to watch this if they're going to get too political. It's they're not At this point, they're not talking about the movies. They're not celebrating the movies. They're just celebrating the politics, um, which is something that we shouldn't be doing at these award shows. These award shows honestly are about celebrating the um, the movies and TV shows that came out throughout the year. Um, that's what that that is exactly what these award shows are all about. They're not about getting political, and and it's just some whole thing that I know I'm kind of uh, I. And the only reason why I bring this up is because I know there are some people out there who who brought it to my attention, like who, because there was a a, a viewer. Uh, someone who li- a listener uh, of the of the show uh, actually sent me a message saying uh, I'm not going to watch the Oscars because they just I know they're going to get way too political and I was like cool man I mean I'm still going to watch the Oscars I mean because I watch it regardless just because of what I do on the podcast I feel I I have to watch it um, just so I can um, have a good sense of what I'm talking about um, plus I've always watched it even before I was doing anything on the internet so um but uh but yeah no um that's just i just wanted to bring that up just because you know somebody had mentioned it and i was like "Uh, i should probably bring this up so all right uh let's see uh okay thoughts on the movie little miss sunshine i love that movie i don't even care it's a really good movie really great movie um what films do you expect to see nominated for best picture See, that's an interesting question because um, I think it really is going to depend on the Golden Globe nominations because usually what ends up happening, even though the the, the Golden Globes is, um, uh, is hosted by a separate organization than the Oscars, what usually tends to happen is, you know, the Golden Globes for me is the true start to award season. 
I know a lot of people don't like the Golden Globes, but I I I like them just because they're it is the true start to awards season. Um, let's let me see what was nominated this year at the Golden Globes. Um, this year. Uh, I'm gonna try and bring this up. Oh, by the way, one other thing I forgot to mention about the Golden Globes. Um, once again, team uh, Tina Fey and Amy Poehler um, are very good. They're they're very good together. I I I will say that. Um, let me go ahead and uh, bring this up here. If it will load. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, no, Tina Fey and Amy Poehler did a very good job. I, they're always good together, though. They're, I, I feel like they're always good. Um, okay, so for Best Picture Drama, we had... Uh, wait, no, what are you doing? Okay, uh, Best Picture Drama, we had Nomadland, which ended up winning. Uh, the Father, Mank, Promising Young Woman, Trial of the Chicago 7... Uh, best musical comedy. We have Hamilton, music, uh, Palm Springs, The Prom, Borat. What a lame list of musical and comedy. I mean, Hamilton, I understand. Palm Springs, I definitely understand because I loved Palm Springs. Love that movie. Um, Borat was not. I I may be in the minority. I did not think Borat was that great. I didn't think it was that good of a movie. Um, and I actually have never seen music, and I did not watch The Prom just because I just didn't see it. Um, so out of this list, which, what do I expect to see nominated for Best Picture? Well, Nomadland, I think, is going to get nominated. And I actually think Nomadland is going to end up winning uh, Best Picture at the Oscars. And I think Chloe Zhao is going to take Best Director this year. Um, the Father, which, by the way, if you haven't seen The Father... Check it out. It's a very good movie. Very good movie. Um, Mank, which was my favorite film of the year, I think is going to get a nomination. Um, see, I don't know about Promising Young Woman. It might get. It might get a nomination. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that one. I'm not going to be too 100 sure on that one. Um, Trial of the Chicago Seven. Yes, I think is definitely going to be among that list for the best picture. Um, category uh so we have no Land, the father mank trial of the chicago seven um as much as i'd hate to to see this get nominated i do think borat is gonna get nominated uh for best picture which would be just and that would just be embarrassing, in my opinion. Um, music, I think, uh, has a shot. Um, and you know what? I'm not. I don't even care. I'm gonna say Hamilton. Um, because I'll, I'll be honest. I just watched Hamilton uh, before the Golden Globes. Just to, I just wanted to watch it just so I can watch it in time for the Golden Globes. I finally got to watch Hamilton. It's really great. I, now I see what the hype is about. Hamilton is fantastic. Um, 
but you know i'm a sucker for musicals so you know i loved it i i, I was i i probably knew i knew i was probably gonna like it but yeah um so yeah uh so running down my list again i think nomadland the father mank child of chicago seven borat and uh music and hamilton i think are all gonna get nominated um although i would love to see palm springs get some love too uh, just because I thought that movie was uh, so great, but uh, um, and Nomadland is really fantastic. Like Nomadland is is amazing, and Francis McDormand and that is so good. Um, but uh, yeah, Chloe Zhao I think is going to end up winning uh, uh, best director. Oh, by oh, I should have also brought this up too. Um, I hope, and this is just. This is just me hope. I really hope we see Ma Rainey's Black Bottom get uh, nominated for Best Picture. Um, I do think Chadwick Boseman's end up is going to end because Chadwick Boseman took home Best Actor um, at the Golden Globes, which his wife's speech was incredible. Like I loved her speech, um, but um, because I think I I, I think Chadwick Boseman's going to get a nomination for Best Actor, and I think he might end up winning. Um, but it's going to be some tough competition because at the Golden Globes, he was up against, um, Gary Oldman, uh, Anthony Hopkins, Riz Ahmed for The Sound of Metal. Um, he was up against some really heavy competition, but, you know, Chadwick Boseman, again, he was so perfect, uh, in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. It's just fantastic. Um, but, uh, yeah, I hope that also gets a nomination. So, all right, uh, let's go ahead and move on. Uh, all right. Uh, favorite book to film adaptation? Well, that's easy for me. I think Lord of the Rings is the perfect book to film adaptation. Um, it gets everything uh, th- that it gets everything from the books into the movies, and everything that was kind of filler in the books they took them out uh, for good reason. Obviously, uh, there's some, there's some stuff in the book that's not in the movies that that is in the books that they took out. Um. Like there's a big change in Return of the King. Like in Return of the King, um, when the Hobbits return to the Shire in the book, when the Hobbits return to the Shire, um, they come back and it's like destroyed. Like, like uh, the Nazgul had come in and like destroyed the Shire. Um, um but um. Uh, what was I saying here? Can't remember what I was saying. Oh yeah, um, but yeah, no. In the movie, they they changed that to make it a more you know happy ending, which was a which I'm okay with because the ending of Return of the King I think is one of the greatest movie endings of all time. Um, okay. Uh, do you think movie theaters will stay open or will they shut down once the pandemic spikes? Um, it really depends. Um, I think it's really going to depend on how good this vaccine works um i think um plus i also think movie theaters have a good handle on how to properly um keep their customers social distanced um making sure everybody's wearing a mask um because i i'll tell you what i went to the movie theater's uh, back in September, I had to. I drove to. Uh, uh, I I drove to uh, Eastville, uh, out in Eastville, out in um, 
in Riverside County because it was the closest one. Uh, it was the closest uh, city um, near where I live. And, uh, and they had movie theaters open. And I went to go see a movie. There. I went to go see uh, Empire Strikes Back uh, in the theater. And they... Um, and the movie theater actually had um, really good... Uh, really good uh, uh, guidelines uh, set in stone. And I'm going to tell you what. I felt more safe going to a movie theater than I do going to a restaurant or than I do going to a grocery store. Because when I'm at a grocery store, I don't know why, but every time I touch something, I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm like getting somebody's germs all over me. <laughs> you know, that's why I sanitize everything everything <laughs> everything i buy i sanitize it but anyway um but yeah no that's just uh that's just me um but will they shut down do, uh once again uh once the pandemic spikes um really depends i mean it depends on how well the vaccine is um if people if enough people get vaccinated um and enough people finally realize that um oh maybe i shouldn't go out if i have covid maybe i should stay home when i have covid um then yeah i think it, i think it would be uh i think that could could work um but again it's really going to depend on how uh on how everything works um cuz usually usually you would see a huge spike in the pandemic um in uh right around the fall right around flu season actually um but also i i read a, i read a study and it's a very interesting study i read this uh study on online the other day and they said that um no covid cases have ever been traced back to the movie theaters even when they were open for that little bit of time and there are there are states out there i mean i know uh um there are some states out there uh, I know a couple of my listeners have actually uh, texted me and said, uh, no, my my state allows movie theaters to be open. I'm like, well, lucky you. Um, but, uh, but, um, well, what am I doing here? Okay. Um, but I read a study that says no COVID cases have ever been traced back to the movie theaters. Um, they've either been... Uh, traced back to like uh, grocery stores or restaurants or um, or wherever else, but they've so far there hasn't been anything. At, at least I haven't heard anybody get on the news and go, "Sir, where did you get? Co Sir, where did you get COVID?" I got COVID at the movie theater. Um, I've never heard. I've never heard something like that happen. Um. If there's somebody who sounds like that, I am so sorry. I just, uh, uh, it, yeah, let's just move on. <laughs> uh, uh, here's a good one. Uh, how would you feel about a Call of Duty cinematic universe? Dude, you just read my mind. I have been telling, I've been, I've been saying that for a couple years with some friends of mine. I think Call of Duty is that, that, 
the the game franchise of Call of Duty is its own cinematic universe. Like you can literally build a series of movies just based in the Call of Duty universe. Like seriously, imagine like uh the first movie out the gate you get like a Call of Duty World at War film. And then the next year you get uh Call of Duty uh World at War zombies or something, you know? Like like that'd be like that'd be awesome. Just a bunch of uh movies set within this one universe like that. Oh, that'd be so um, that'd be so awesome. I don't even care. Um uh okay, where am I here? What what question am I on? Uh Oh, here's here's one. Uh thoughts on AMC CEO uh getting a 9 million dollar bonus. Well, I don't think it, I don't think it was 9 million dollar bonus. I don't know if it was a 9 million dollar bonus. It might have been or it might have not been. I don't know. Um yeah, I think it's complete bullshit. I think it's complete, complete bullshit. Um in a industry that is on its last legs, the AMC CEO, Adam Aaron, decides, well, the AMC board of directors decides, we're going to give our CEO a $9 million bonus. Oh, oh, you deserve, do you really, you really, does you really think you deserve a $9 million bonus? How about all of those 29 to 30,000 employees that you had to let go earlier last year because of this? There are 30,000 employees for AMC who had to get let go or furloughed because they because they couldn't stay open during the pandemic. And who couldn't find work afterwards just because everything was shut down. It was hard for people to find work. I know. Trust me. I know. Because uh, trust me. It ha- it happened to me. Like I was, I was working a, a job last year. And then all of a sudden the pandemic happened. And they the, the place couldn't keep me on. Um, you know. So it's like. And, and I don't understand what what it just doesn't make sense. I feel like that money, what Adam Aaron should do, he should take that bonus and give it to the thirty thousand employees. That's what he should do. He's probably not because he's a greedy businessman, and you know, greedy businessmen don't do don't do stuff like that. You know, so it is what it is. Um, all right. Uh, what what other wrestlers do you think have made a good transition to being a movie star uh, besides The Rock? Um, wow, that's a that's a good question because The Rock has done it very very well. I'm actually looking at a poster for um, the movie Central Intelligence with him and Kevin Hart. Um, the Rock has actually done it uh, very very well. Um, John Cena's not there yet. John Cena. He's still pretty bad. I mean, Bumblebee proved that he's still not that good of an actor. Um, Batista, I think, has made. I think Batista is becoming a better actor with each movie. Because um, the first time I seen him in a movie, he was terrible. Like, just terrible. 
Then I saw him in Guardians of the Galaxy. And he was really great in that. And I saw him in Spectre. He was really good, uh, really good in that. Um, and then he was in Blade Runner. Um, I'm trying to remember. Oh, you know what? I thought he was really freaking funny in... Um, oh, what's that comedy he did with the... Oh, gosh. What's that comedy he did where... Shoot. What? The comedy he did with the guy from Big Sick. Oh my gosh, why am I forgetting the name? And he's going to be in Eternals. Shoot, I can't remember. Why can't I remember his Okay, um, Dave uh, Batista Comedy. Okay. I'm trying to remember. Oh, gosh. What, it, what was that movie called? Stuber. There we go. Yeah. He, I thought he was really funny in Stuber. Um, I'm not going to lie. I think in, when it comes to comedy, Dave Bautista has really, really gotten gotten better. Um, I think he's gotten funnier and funnier with each uh, each comedic uh, performance. Um, let's bring up his official um, filmography here, because I'm pretty sure he's done other other films that I'm just blanking the name off of. Um, but he's done he's done he's Honestly, I'm I'm tell you. Oh, Hotel Artemis. He was re, he was the best part of Hotel Ar Artemis. Um, let's see. Uh, uh, really good in Stuber again. Like I said, uh, the Guardian. He's obviously good in the Marvel films. Uh, Blade Runner. He was really again really great in Blade Runner. Um. Yeah, I think that might. Yeah, I think that might actually be it. Just because a lot of his other stuff is like. A lot of his other stuff is credited for like WWE crap. Um, Alright, uh, let's go ahead and uh, move on to the next one. Uh, favorite Star Wars novel? I'm gonna say. Lords of the Sith. That's what I'll say. Um, if we're talking about canon novels, uh, if we're talking about legends, then the Darth Plagueis novel. Uh, that one's really great. Um, here's another Star Wars question. Uh, why is Kathleen Kennedy still at Lucasfilm? She doesn't know what she's doing. Um, well, it's like I it's it's funny. Well, it's like I said earlier. Um, let's let's let me let me remind you guys. As far, yes, as far as planning out the sequel trilogy and also trying to get along with her directors, yes, she has failed. But, but let, let me just bring up the box office for the most recent Star Wars movies. Um, let's just bring this up here because it's, it's very, very important that we talk about, um, 
the box office because that is really when it comes down to it, that's really what why Bob Chapek said that uh, Kathleen Kennedy's job at Lucasfilm is uh, secure. Um, box office mojo. Um, there's a reason why uh, Bob Chapek said that um, that Kathleen Kennedy's job is secure at Lucasfilms. Um, and it's because box office wise, uh, box office wise, she has had, um, uh, let me see. Uh, what was I going to do here? Uh, Star Wars. Uh, just take a, let's, Uh, let's start with Force Awakens. We'll, we'll start with Force Awakens and then we'll uh, work our way through. Uh, uh, Force Awakens, $2 billion. $2 billion. One of the only movies in history to have made $2 billion. Okay? So, Force Awakens, Episode 7, $2 billion. All right? Let's take a look at Rogue One. How much money did Rogue One make? Rogue One came out just a year after Force Awakens. $1 billion. $532 domestically and $523 uh, internationally and worldwide for a, for $1 billion. Let's take a look at Star Wars The Last Jedi. The one that I love that everybody else hates. $620 million domestically. Internationally, $712 million for a worldwide total of $1.3 billion. Okay. Let's take a look at... the uh, Now, Solo was the only movie that came out that was a loss. That, that was her one loss. Because Solo ended up making $392 million... And it really didn't make its money back because um, uh, it costs $275 million to make. Uh, and this old there was an old rule that a movie needs to make three times its budget to be considered profitable. Um, it lost it lost some money. Uh, Solo lost money. So that's Kathleen Kennedy's one loss. So we got Force Awakens, uh, Rogue One, Last Jedi. Kathleen Kennedy right now... Uh, as we're going down, Kathleen Kennedy is three and one. Okay, now let's see the box office for The Rise of Skywalker. One billion dollars. So right now, as far as box office wise, she's four and one. Okay, plus you also got to keep in mind, Kathleen Kennedy. Um. Whether everyone wants to admit it or not, Kathleen Kennedy was responsible for getting the Mandalorian greenlit. Because Kathleen Ken because although John Favreau came up with the idea for the Mandalorian, it still has to get approved by Kathleen Kennedy. And she was able to approve it and get it greenlit. And look at Mandalorian. It's one of the most talked about shows. I mean, it just got nominated for a Golden Globe. The Mandalorian just got a nomination for a Golden Globe. So, 
yes, to the Star Wars fans, we think a lot of Star Wars fans thinks she needs to go. And personally, for me, I've said forever that I do think she needs to go because just because of her not being able to get along with her directors. But when you look at it from Bob Chapek's perspective, well, this lady just made us like $4 billion. Yeah, she had one that was a misfire, but but she made us $4 billion and she's going to make us, and she is the reason. Let me keep this in mind. Her, John Favreau, and Dave Filoni with The Mandalorian is the reason why Disney Plus is as successful as it is today. That's the hard that's the hardcore truth. Is that if it was not for The Mandalorian and Kathleen Kennedy greenlighting that show, Disney Plus doesn't reach a hundred million subscribers. So there's there's that is why um Kathleen Kennedy is still at Lucasfilm because Bob Chapek sees that in his eyes, she's doing something right. Even though we think she's doing a lot wrong. And yes, I've been very critical of her. Her her botching the sequel trilogy as bad as she did. But then her also not getting along with her directors. Yes, I've been very critical of her. But from Bob Chapek's perspective, she hasn't really done anything, you know, she hasn't failed. So there's that. Um, All right. Uh, Another Star Wars question. What is the best Star Wars show so far? Clone Wars, Rebels, Resistance, or The Mandalorian? Um, Oh, man. Well, Rebels and Resistance, I, I never watched Resistance. So I can't speak on resistance. Uh Rebels was good for like the first two seasons, then it just kind of went nowhere. Um although there was one episode in season 3 that was great which was the one with um Obi-Wan, so um so for me it's between Clone Wars or The Mandalorian. Fudge. Um I'm going to go with The Mandalorian. I'm going to go with The Mandalorian. I think it is a better show. Um, Clone Wars has its moments. Um, the final season of Clone Wars alone, I think, is fantastic. But, uh, yeah, overall, The Mandalorian. Um, all right. Thoughts on Shane Black as the director? Yeah, I mean, he's made some good movies. Like, The Nice Guys is a great movie. Um, what was that movie he did? Uh, is it Kiss Kiss Bang Bang? Is that what it's called? I can't remember. Um, but there was another one he did with Robert Downey Jr. that was really, really good. Um, yeah, I think as when he's directing his own stuff, like a, uh independent film, like low-budget independent movies, um, I think he is perfect. I think he knocks it out of the park. It's when he's doing big franchise stuff that I feel like he's failed. Iron Man 3, now, look, if Iron Man 3 was, if it wasn't called Iron Man, and if it was, and if it didn't take place in the MCU, then Iron Man 3 is a is fine. It's not bad, but it's fine. But as an MCU movie, 
It's a bad movie. As an MCU movie, Iron Man 3 is pretty bad. So there's that. Um, and then he just did Predator, which was... Don't even get me started on that. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Like, what in the hell were you thinking, dude? Um, all right. Uh, final question. Uh, thoughts on Kenneth Branagh directing the BG's biopic? Um, it's an interesting choice. <laughs> uh, I don't know how I feel about Kenneth Branagh directing a BG's biopic. Um, who knows? Maybe it might turn out fantastic. Um, and I and I like the BGs. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I was listening to. Uh, um, I have a I have an uh, um a a playlist of um of older uh, of you know music that came before my time and um one of the songs that's on there is staying alive and I will I continue to this day to sing it well you can't tell by the way I use, use my walk I'm a woman's man no time to talk um yeah I, I love I love I love the Bee Gees so um, I'm I'm interested to see this biopic because um, I don't know a lot about them um, outside of their music so that's gonna be very interesting to see um, to to see that story so uh, yeah very very excited for that all right guys that will do it for this episode of the Zeke Sensor Show thank you guys so much for listening and I gotta say guys before I sign off here officially. Um, like I mentioned earlier, it's been a rough week. Been a rough, been a little bit of a rough week. Um, and I haven't felt so good about a lot of things going on. But I got to say, getting on, getting in front of this microphone and talking to those who listen to the show and who really support the podcast and uh, those of you who send messages and, and are constantly um, uh, communicating with me, it, it just felt so good to finally uh, get back in front of this microphone and, and talk about movies with you guys. Um, and I, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. You know, I may be, I may have this uh, this new job that takes a lot of it, yes, and this new job does take a lot of time, but I promise you guys, I am not going anywhere. I'm still going to be the same Zeke the Geek. And for those of you who have been with me for that long, you'll know what I'm about to say here with the weather this week. Um, <laughs> um okay, so but that but no, I'm in all seriousness, guys. I. I'm not I'm not going anywhere. So you don't have to worry about me just disappearing and never coming back to podcasting. I I I will always be on here to tell you um how bad I think uh Iron Man 3 is. Thank you guys so much for listening and I will talk to you guys later. Peace out. Music.